You're listening to the See the Upside podcast, where we talk about overcoming obstacles, choosing positivity, and doing life a little better every day. I'm your podcast host, Nina Bleicher. On the show, we share real stories and speak with industry experts about how to expand and grow through difficult change. We don't always get to choose the challenges that show up in our life, but we do get to decide how we view them. In those hard moments, there are always beautiful invitations. That's what See the Upside podcast is all about. Navigating the hard moments, but then finding the opportunity to heal, grow, and connect. I'm so grateful you're here and can't wait to share these conversations with you. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Today, we've got the beautiful Wendy Battles on the See the Upside show. Welcome. By day, Wendy's a cybersecurity awareness expert at Yale University. And as her side hustle, Wendy pursues her passion, celebrating and shining the light on older women on her podcast, Reinvention Rebels. On the show, Wendy interviews women from age 50 to 90 who have boldly reinvented themselves later in life. So I'm actually just going to make that cutoff this year. I turn the big 5-0 in a couple of months. So stories on the show range from traveling solo around the world with only a carry-on at age 60. By the way, I don't do just carry-on ever at any age. Like that's not always a thing for some people. I'm not doing that no matter what age I am. Another one is running in global marathons at age 71 launching a modeling career at 72, these women are stepping so bravely into their next chapters and making their dreams happen. Wendy focuses on sharing these beautiful examples on how we can all reinvent ourselves at any age or any stage, and she's disrupting the limiting beliefs we all have about aging women in our society. At 57, you do not look 57, by the way, Wendy is a reinvention rebel herself. And we're going to hear all about this on the podcast today. And she's also going to share with us the top five ways we can each rock a reinvention. So I'm super excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Wendy. Nina, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today to talk about all this and get inspired together and hopefully your audience as well. Absolutely. And I myself have survived a reinvention, if you can call it that. And it was maybe one of those things like some reinventions in life are things that you don't necessarily choose, but they end up being really amazing things. So we can talk a little bit about that too. I'm excited. I love it. I love it. And I think you know, we've all reinvented ourselves in different ways in different periods of our life. So I think it's such a relevant topic, no matter yes. where we find ourselves, right? That we can all find that same, you know, something that kind of connects us around this concept of reinvention. Well, and I think it's important to realize we it's an open invitation. It's always there, but we create our own kind of restrictions and boundaries about who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to be, what's possible, you know, what we believe about ourselves. There's so much around how we limit what we can do and how we can live our lives. And it's so true. And I think especially with the internet, because we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to other people. And Mm. I think that that is a big part of our problem that we see what other people are doing and think, well, well, how come my life isn't like that? Or I wish I could be more like so-and-so instead of sometimes recognizing that we all have the ability to reinvent ourselves, but it's going to be each in our own way. So how you reinvent yourself, Nina, and how you've done that might be different than how I've reinvented myself or many of your listeners. So I think part of it is really finding our groove and our way and how we become whatever it is that we want to become at any age. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's part of what we're really going to talk about is 
how do you start this process, those five ways to rock a reinvention? But let's talk a little bit about what exactly is a reinvention rebel? Talking about your podcast, you know, we gave some examples, but what does that look like? That is a fantastic question. And I think of a reinvention rebel as a woman who has found her bold, unapologetic voice. And the reason why I say women between 50 and 90 is because it seems like you get to a certain age and you get comfortable in your skin. You get clear about what's important to you. You're less concerned about what other people think. I spent a lot of time mm. in my, my younger days, like worried. Well, what if so-and-so thinks this or so-and-so thinks that? I spent, you know, I wasted so much energy on all these stories in my head for no good reason, honestly. But it's this idea that often we get to a certain age and we want something different, but we're much more willing often to go for it, to see new possibilities, to lean into what could that look like if I did X. So I think of reinvented rebels as bold, brave, unapologetic women who are ready to reimagine their lives in some way that helps them to grow, to expand, and really to be more their authentic self. And that means different things to different people, of course. But I think that when we can find those things that we love to do, where we shine, where we can do them with more ease and confidence when we are excited and passionate about those things. Those are all part to me of being a reinvention rebel and speaking up for ourselves and owning what we want. Because often, as I know you know, Nina, as a mom, so much of your life revolves around your kids. Mm, yes. Right. And yes. and I I I believe that being a reinvention rebel is giving ourselves permission to shine a light on ourselves, often the light from within that emanates out that helps us down this path. So reinvention rebels are these bold, unapologetic, brave women that are leaning into seeing new possibilities and being their authentic selves as they continue to age. I think a lot of women do struggle with it's not quite putting yourself first, but prioritizing your self-care and your happiness and your well-being right next to your kids. Like we do put our kids first, but I think what needs to be acknowledged is that our kids are watching us and they're learning how to treat themselves based on how we treat ourselves. So if you think of it that way, like, oh, my daughters are learning how to be in the world and how to treat themselves from me, from what I do. So when I'm self-sacrificing and not doing things that fill my soul, they might start being the same way. And do I really want that for them? It's like, you know, when you think of it that way, it kind of reframes it a little bit. Really, it does. And when you think about what a role model you are for your daughters and how much they watch you and listen to you, even though I know sometimes we think teenagers aren't listening to us, but really, you know, they're soaking are, it up. Yeah. They're soaking it up, even when they look like they're not and they don't want to be bothered with us. But I do think that that you are so right about that. You are so right that how we act, how we are in the world, even within our families, is impactful for yeah. other people. So showing up for ourselves and teaching, especially, you know, our girls that it's important to show up for yourself and not just try to meet everybody else's needs, which, you know, we do so often as women that I think that that's, that's a very powerful thing. So what you're doing, I love that, Nina. I love mm. that you're so conscious about saying, hmm, what kind of messages am I sharing with my daughters that maybe they've been a little bit unconscious, but now I'm aware of, I don't want to do that. Or I want to have certain messages that, that right there. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And I think it does require you to be able to get uncomfortable, you know, and that's where that concept of being brave comes in too, is that changing your way of being and thinking is going to feel awkward in the beginning. It's going to be a little bit scary. It's going to, it might, 
you might have some pushback from your family or your spouse or from your friends or whoever, but you have to stand firm in the larger picture benefit to all. And I firmly believe that we can be really beautiful and good to ourselves and be good to other people. Like we can have it all. It's not, I'm either a good self-sacrificing mom or I'm personally fulfilled. Like, why can't we have both of those things? And we can, you can have everything. Yeah, exactly. You can totally have everything. And I, I, I know there's this whole idea of you can't have it all, but I think we can have it all on our terms. If we're clear about our own expectations and what we want and setting boundaries. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy to do, but I do believe it's possible. And, you know, that could look differently when you have older kids or you're you're wrapped up and maybe it's different when you're an empty nester and your kids are grown. So it does. So I think in different phases of our lives, we can create more of taking care of us. But I think we have to definitely be clear with ourselves and with those around us that it impacts. Yeah, for sure. Set the expectation. I love that. Well, let's start going through the five ways to rock a reinvention because I know we're going to have a lot we want to cover and talk about and talk through. What is number one? Number one is build your curiosity muscle. Build your curiosity muscle. And you might be thinking, what does curiosity have to do with reinvention? And what I would say, Nina, everything, everything. And the reason I say that is I've done dozens of these interviews with these really amazing women. And the number one common thread among all of them, and these are women, you know, between 50 and 90 from all different backgrounds, places, experiences, you name it. One key thing that they have in common is a sense of curiosity. So to reinvent yourself, you have to be curious, right? Because we're saying that if you want to reinvent yourself, you want to create something new and different. And how do we get there? Well, one way is to lean into, what am I curious about? What lights me up? What would I love to do if money was no object? What gives me energy? What are the things I don't love to do? But, you know, so kind of beginning to ask yourself some questions to get curious is a great way to get started on rocking a reinvention in midlife. So part of that is really getting curious about yourself, right? Like not just curious in the world, trying things, but really kind of exploring who you are and what you like and peeling back the layers of, oh, I always played tennis because my family made me play tennis. Do I really like tennis? Like I do it all the time, but is it me? Is it what lights me up or do I really want to be in the garden club or, you know, whatever. I think it's, it's getting honest and kind of just going deep within and spending the time to really be thoughtful and reflect and think about what is it that makes you happy and brings you joy. And really maybe even part of that, Wendy is learning to know what real joy feels like for you. Cause some people might not know, you know, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, joy is such a subjective thing and we feel joy in different ways. So my joy might be different than your joy than to your daughter's joy. So I think that you're right. We can kind of lean in and figure some of those things out, but you're so right. That is an introspective thing you know, curiosity. And I also find it's helpful when I get quiet. And by quiet, Mm. I mean, it could be meditation. It could be out walking in the woods. It could be exercising. I went through a phase where I like to cook in silence, do the dishes in silence, just give my mind a chance to rest because I have personally found that in those quiet moments, that's when my inner wisdom bubbles up. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I believe that we already have all the answers. I, I believe that we are very wise. And 
we have to create the space to to let that wisdom sort of bubble to the surface where we can and, and and just to give you an example of this, Nina, literally, I got the idea for reinvention rebels when I was meditating because I was being curious about because I've been, for years I've been thinking, what am I meant to do? What am I meant to do? I'm 50, you know, I'm in my 50s for forever. I've been thinking, I don't know what I meant to do, but I know it's bigger than just my job, my day job. So I started asking myself some questions that we're talking about. Like, what is the thing that I really shine at? What What is it? What am I so good at? And for me, it's public speaking, talking, interviewing people. I was a voice actor. So I've done a lot of things that kind of bring all these different things together. But one day, Nina, I was meditating and I literally heard reinvention rebels. I was like, what? Reinvention rebels. I was like, what is that? But I literally, I don't know why, but Nina, I knew it was something important because I wrote it down. That's so cool. So that's that wisdom and that's getting curious in action. Like that's how, what it can look like. You know, we all have our own version of that. But for me, I got curious and it led me to this idea of being a podcast host. And, you know, Nina, I'd never hosted a podcast before. I didn't know anything about it. I love podcasts, but, you know, I figured it out. But that's just getting curious. Yeah, such a good story. I love that. All right. What is way number two? Number two on the list. We really have to expand our mindset. Expand Mm. our mindset is number two. Have you ever noticed, Nina, that some people have a tape playing in their head about what they can or can't do, about their abilities? Or perhaps we have grown up in a family or are around people who maybe have more of a negative bent. Well, Nina, why would you do that at this age? Really? Do you really think that's a practical thing to do, Wendy? I think mm. we've all have, have had people in our lives who perhaps are naysayers or who are maybe because of their own experiences have a limited mindset. And any of us can certainly absorb that. But I think it's really important when we want to reinvent ourselves that we have much more of an expansive mindset, that we can see new possibilities. And I think that means, you know, surrounding yourself with people that can help you do that. Or or think, you know, what can you listen to that can help you expand your mindset? What would inspire you or motivate you? And I'll share this story with you. One of the people who was a guest on the podcast, her name is Lori Tharps. And she happens to have a podcast about perimenopause, which I know very well. I guess now <laughs> I've kind of passed that at 57. But yes, I have, I think, you know, many of us have experienced that and gone through all the changes that happen. And Lori was very interesting because part of her reinvention was moving from Pennsylvania to Spain. She decided to move to Spain with her family. Her husband was originally from Spain, but she'd never lived there before. So So many people they knew talked about why they shouldn't do that. She's a professor at Temple University, and they said, why would you give up your tenured position to move to Spain without a job? Why would you do that? How could you disrupt your kids' lives like this when they're teenagers? There was so many limiting thoughts that people, you know, were not afraid to share with her about why she shouldn't do that. And I, what I thought was really interesting is that she said, she and her husband were so aligned around this and they, she said she, every day she started listening to positive things, positive thinking, um, podcasts, anything that was motivational, things to really keep her focused on. We have our why, this is what's right for our family. We're gonna move forward. And here are the, here are some tools that I'm going to build into the planning, because it's a big deal to move to another country. It's not like you're moving to California or across the country. You know, that's a much bigger deal. And that is what helped her make it possible by expanding her mindset about what was possible. So I think that is such a powerful tool when we're thinking about reinventing ourselves. Well, and I think the key component is knowing what you want and not getting caught up in the weeds of the how, you know, trusting that it will happen 
and but still doing the work and putting yourself in the situation to make it happen, but not letting the what ifs and the why it can't and all of that, you know, kind of pull you down. In addition, I would say sometimes you have to look at the people that are the naysayers and their lives, like who's the critic here, (laughs) you know, like, what are you doing? That's, you know, often it's people that aren't that successful or aren't that happy or, you know, and it's like, well, maybe that opinion shouldn't weigh so heavily in your life. You know, you got to consider the source a little bit. Absolutely. I think that's so important because you're right. And I think that sometimes people are just projecting their own fears onto us. A lot. Yes, exactly. Which brings us to number three on the list, which we're kind of already automatically talking about. We are, which is growing your tribe of people that inspire you. Yes. And that can be like listening to podcasts or audiobooks or your friends or, you know, anything. Anything is key. It doesn't matter. It's whatever inspires you. And I believe that when we find those people or things that inspire us, it just makes it easier to go down this path that we can do it with less fear and more confidence. And I certainly know, like I found this amazing tribe of women on Instagram that are so positive that are you know, sort of midlife women. And it is so much fun. I know sometimes we don't think of social media as fun, but it is so much fun to connect with like-minded, inspiring people Because I think that when we can raise our own vibration, and if we can do that by being around other people, again, we get more clarity about our path, about our reinvention path. We can do it with more ease and also more joy. You mentioned joy, Nina. Joy, Mm. right? How do you feel about creating distance or space with people who you notice are maybe not supporting you or not making you feel good or not lifting you up? What's your take on that? I like to stay as far away from people like that as I can. I know that sometimes it's unavoidable, right? Sometimes there are family and you can't avoid, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it's not like, it's one thing if it's a friend and you can decide to distance yourself, right? But if it's your family, you got to work through that, but it doesn't mean I need to spend an inordinate amount of time around someone who I find to be really negative, who is not lifting me up in some way or, or work. It feels like maybe it's unproductive. So I, I believe that as much as I can, I like to limit that not Mm. always possible, but I do think that makes a difference though, when we can be around people that are more supportive, more encouraging that, that want to see us shine. Yeah. And you know who they are. I think intuitively we know, we know how people make us feel and we need to kind of get in tuned with that. And it's okay to create boundaries. It's okay to have boundaries with people that don't make you feel good. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that comes with age. Like I can't, I I think back to my twenties, even probably my thirties when I didn't have clear boundaries or there there's someone that would be upsetting and I would like not say anything, which is seems so silly now because, you know, like, like, like life is so short. I need to just get to it and be just be more direct. And it doesn't mean like having to be super aggressive, but, you know, speaking from, I feel I, I, I felt X when you did Y. Yeah. Or, you know, and, you know, that, that kind of thing to, to be more clear, to support and take care of myself. Yeah. It takes practice though. I think it's, oh, it does. A lot of us have not, have, have been conditioned not to do that. I think you're right. And I think that, you know, the, the, and you know, sometimes there are people you can do that with more easily than other people where it can feel very difficult. So I don't think it's even a one size fits all like, okay, I'm great at this now. I don't think so. (laughs) You can start with something small. Like I don't want to go to Thai food tonight. I would rather go to sushi or, you know, it doesn't have to be like a life boundary thing, like something really life changing, but you can just start with something really, really little. Exactly. Start small. Yeah. 
And then you kind of build confidence and you realize, whoa, that felt really good. Like, I think I want to do that in other areas. And you start noticing and get better at it. Exactly. Which is like everything in life, right? If we put enough practice in, yeah, we can build that muscle and feel better doing it. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about number four. I love this one because it's fun to think about. And I think a lot of us kind of never get here. They never do this in life, but I think it's really, really important to having a fulfilling life. I think you're right. And number four is prioritize your dreams. Prioritize. Think about those things that you really want to do and how can you create the time and space to make them happen. And when I say dreams, Nina, I'm not talking about it has to be something as big as I'm going to be like Lori and move to another continent. I mean, it could be, but it could also be something small, something you've always wanted to do. I want to start taking piano lessons and Mm. figuring out, well, how would I make that happen? How could I make, how could I create the time and space to make that happen? How much time would I need to practice a week? Or how could I find someone to give me lessons? And what if I could do lessons? Now I understand you can do lessons via Zoom, piano lessons, like everything else, apparently, these days. <laughs> so, wow, that's right? amazing. Isn't that <laughs> like one of our friends teaches piano via Zoom? I mean, she used to do it in person and then the pandemic, of course, came and now she does it via Zoom. So I I believe that there are so many possibilities for how we can make our dream a reality. And maybe it's not always the way that we think it needs to happen, but just creating the space and the time to say, this is important and I'm going to put aside this time, or I need to talk to my spouse or my boss or my family or whoever it is to carve out some time to do that. I think that that is really important because one, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Nina, but I know because I'm so busy that I sometimes have goals or things I want to do and they don't happen because I don't carve out the space to do them. I mean, they seem like really good ideas and I want to do them, but I'm apparently not intentional enough to make them, to make them happen. Well, we all have a limit on time. So It's figuring out what's going to make the cut kind of, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I don't know. I I will tell you, I get up at 445 every morning, which Mm. seems pretty early. But one of my goals was to start the podcast. And because I do have a full-time job, I can't just be podcasting all day. And right. I know you can, I would love to to do that though. Wouldn't you? I would podcast all day long. I love it. Be Great. I would love it. I could be so on top of things. I could learn all these new skills, but to amazing people. (laughs) Exactly. But as you know, you have to work within the window you've got. So for me, I do my best work in the mornings and you know, after work, I tend to be tired. I don't, I'm not as creative. It's just harder for me to do that. So that's, so that's prioritizing my time though. It is a priority for me to get up every day, not on the weekends, but you know, during the week to get started on it. And, and that's part of how I make it happen. Yeah. I'm an early riser too. I think you get used to waking up early. Your body gets used to it. I mean, I even wake up early on the weekends now. I can't, can't sleep in. Sometimes I wish I could sleep in like a Mm. little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like to six 30 or something. Oh my gosh. But I wake up at five on the weekends, usually like five or five 30. Yeah. I don't want to. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Depends on how late I go to bed. Sometimes I can sleep a little bit longer. Yeah. That's great though. I get a lot done in the morning, just like you. I'm not, I've never been a night owl. Like when I was in college and my friends were all going out late, like that was really hard for me to stay up, to keep up. Like I just did not, I'm just, my body doesn't operate that way. Mm, I hear that. I I am more of a night owl, but I've had to, because I'll be had to reinvent that. I had to reinvent that. And I'm still trying to reinvent like sleep because- 
part of it might be, you know, menopausal things that I'm not a great sleeper mm. and I just need to do a better job of winding down earlier to try to transition to more restful sleep. So I'm going to be honest, that's a work in progress for me. I got, I got some work to do on that. <laughs> we all have work to do. It never ends. It just keeps going. Never. So let's talk about number five. I think this one's really important too, and is an area I would like to get better at. I am with you on that. Number five is offer yourself grace. Go Mm. easy on yourself. I know tons of women who are so hard on themselves, myself included sometimes. Do you have that same sense, Nina? Oh God, I'm a Virgo and a firstborn. I'm like cracking the whip at all times. Like I am a perfectionist. I'm trying not to be, I'm trying to let that go a little bit, but it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And I'm with you because I am a recovering perfectionist too. And I think that when we're reinventing ourselves, there's no perfect or right way to do it. It may be a circuitous path. It might not happen in exactly the time frame we want. You know, I like to be like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then I'm going to get, I don't know, it's going to happen. And of course, we know life isn't like that and things happen. And I think that if we can develop the ability to offer ourselves more grace, to be gentle with ourselves, to appreciate the journey that we're on and how far we've come to acknowledge the progress we're making, instead of saying, when do you not do enough? When do you need to do more? Wendy, why didn't you do X, Y, and Z? I don't think that's helpful. I don't think that mindset is helpful, but when we can shift our mindset to be better to ourselves, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about with your daughters. If you can model that, if any of us can model that for ourselves and then the people around us, it's not only helping us, but it's also helping those around us too. Well, it's kind of like thinking if you had a coach in high school, like I played tennis. And if you had a coach that yelled at you and like always questioned why you weren't keeping up, what's wrong with you and talk to you in the way that I talked to myself, I would be in the fetal position in my closet. Like I would not be doing anything. So you think about that, or, you know, would you talk to your children that way? The way that we talk to ourselves? No, you would never do that. And think about how much people thrive when they get positive reinforcement, when they get encouragement. I think about when, you know, someone at work says something really positive, how that drives me to be better. We have the power to do that for ourselves. We just don't really do it. Exactly. We just don't really do it sums that up so well, yet there's no reason why we shouldn't do it or we can't do it. And I do think it's like so many of the other things we've talked about is building a muscle. Once we kind of ease in and realize, you know, I actually feel better when I'm not so hard on myself. Who knew? Ha! That then you want to do more of that. You want to be gentler with yourself. You want to appreciate that because sometimes we're going through hard times And instead of saying, I should do more during these hard times, it's like, okay, right now, this is what I can do, but that's okay. Cause I'm doing something. One thing that's helped me is I trust that I am where I'm supposed to be, that I'm going at this pace for a reason. Like you have to kind of honor where you are and maybe things are going slower because there's something that's supposed to happen that you need to know to get to where you want to go or, you know, whatever the case is, but I've learned to kind of trust in that. And it does take intention and kind of practice to get yourself into that mindset, to not be disappointed or frustrated or, you know, just, critical of yourself that you have to kind of bring yourself back to, wait a minute, you're right where you're supposed to be. You have to believe that. And that, you know, there are things that are coming and that are happening that you don't know about. And you have to believe that when you're ready, the thing that you're looking for working towards is going to come. I agree with you a hundred percent. For me, it's about trust self-trust, faith, 
I know it's not always easy. I, I also think that we live in a culture where getting things done quickly, people want to reach a goal and move on to the next one. So I think that makes it really difficult when people have an expectation often that things will happen quickly. I'll be famous quickly. I'll be recognized quickly. I'll be whatever success is for you quickly. And what I think is interesting is that I tried doing voiceovers many, many years ago and I was only somewhat successful. I gave up because I had one, a limited mindset. A lot of the work when I started doing it in the 90s was men. There weren't nearly as many women's voices as there are today. And there, of course, now there's so many different ways you can do voiceovers where there was less of those options before. And I gave up really easily. And it's interesting. I thought, well, maybe that's not for me. And and then I've done a lot of public speaking, but you know, just being a speaker wasn't really it. And then I started listening to podcasts and I loved it. But I'm saying all this to say that all these different, what seemed like disparate things came together at just the right time for me around being a podcast host, which was you know my key reinvention. But if I hadn't had those experiences, I don't think I would be where I am today. And mm-hmm. while at the time I was having those experiences, I didn't feel like, you know, I couldn't see the bigger picture. I didn't, I didn't have my bigger why. I hadn't fulfilled my mission or maybe knew what it was. I just knew that my mission in some way was to use my voice for good. That's what I knew, but I had no idea how. But if I hadn't had those experiences and some of those frustrations, and an, another quick example is that I, in my 40s, I became a health coach. I quit my corporate job. I had really no plan, which I really don't recommend. <laughs> this is not the way. <laughs> Have a plan. <laughs> Have a plan. But anyway, I, I tried to do that. and But I never really loved it. But then I felt bad that I quit my job to run this business that I wasn't particularly good at. And I really enjoyed the coaching, but not all the other stuff you had to do. But what I learned from that, when I finally said, you know, Wendy, you need to get a part-time job. This just is not working. But what I learned from that experience, having done that, is how powerful it is to be persistent when it's something you love, that you just Mm. keep at it. And I think the key thing was I didn't love that. So this is something I love. I love hosting this podcast. I love inspiring people and talking to amazing women. And I just have a knowing that it will continue to grow. I just have a knowing this is what I'm meant to do. So that work that I'm doing, I do it so joyfully that getting up every day at 445 to work on the podcast is so exciting to me because I now have the perspective to know you just got to keep at it and and things will unfold in just the right way. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like work when you're passionate about it. Exactly. Yeah. That's so true. So to go through the five, number one is build your curiosity muscle. Number two is expand your mindset. Number three is grow your tribe of people who inspire you. Four is prioritize your dreams. And five is offer yourself grace. So those are the five ways to become a reinvention rebel. Love it. So now what about, we kind of highlighted some stories at the beginning. Do you have a story or two that you wanted to share about a podcast guest that's really inspirational? I have so many, and I'm going to narrow it down to two, but one person that was so inspiring to me, her name is Angel Cornelius, and Angel had a job in healthcare administration. She lives in Houston, and she started making, because she noticed that as she was aging, her hair and her skin were changing. They needed something different, and and they became very dry, and she said from her 30s, she'd had graying hair, so she has this beautiful head of white hair, but white hair is very dry. Gray hair is very dry. It's just a very different texture. So she started experimenting because she tried all these different products, couldn't find anything that was working for her. She started experimenting in her kitchen, making different products. So she started off making this body butter. And she said one day she was at church and she put some on and, and her friend next to her was like, what is that? And she said, oh, just something I made up in my kitchen. And she said, can I try? So it ended up, getting, it got passed down, you know, the aisle or, you know, their row at church. And all the women were like, oh my God, this is amazing. And, she, and it was like in a Tupperware container. 
And they're like, well, we want, we want some of this. And she's like, okay, but you know, I can't give it to you in Tupperware container. So she started just making it in very small batches, just in her kitchen. Well, it got really popular. She was selling it, going to like fairs, that kind of thing. As it ends up, her son had a friend that worked at Essence Magazine. And this friend was the manager of their subscription box. And he gave his friend a sample and they tested it out and they loved it. And they came to her and said, we want to, we want to buy 10,000 units from you. 10,000. How did she do that? That's what crazy. Did she do? Wow. <laughs> I thought this was such a brilliant re- re- reinvention because she said she knew nothing about scaling anything like this. And she started talking to manufacturers and most manufacturers, you have to have like half a million or some huge number, 100,000 units for them to even consider producing mm. it for you. And she wanted to be with her ingredients because there, apparently there are like white label manufacturers that will make stuff and then put your label on it. And that's not what she wanted. So she did all of this work to uncover and figure it out. And several years later, that was when she was 56. She's now in her 60s. She quit her job. She does this full time. She Her company's called Mason 276. And she sells it on QVC. She goes on QVC and sells it. It's in, I can't remember what store. I don't know if it's Target or somewhere else, but she has become incredibly successful. But this was a great example of being curious about something and leaning in and finding out more. And she wasn't really sure where it was going to lead, but she she just knew because apparently she told me Essence then called her back and said, well, instead of 10,000, we want 15,000 units. Wow. Because when they first asked her, she said, okay. Like she had, she had this certainty that she was like, Would I know figure I it out. That. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a rebel attitude. I don't know the how you said that earlier, yeah. Nina, we don't always know the how, but when we have our why, she had her why she was so clear. Like I meant to do this and yeah. I can, and I have the ability to figure it out. And she did. And I love that. Well, and it's like answering the calling that comes to you, trusting the breadcrumbs that are leading you down the path, you know, following them and having faith that you'll figure it out and you will. And she did. She did. And she did. And I just, I love that story. I also love the story of Mary, who was always non-athletic growing up. She had all these brothers and sisters who were totally athletes. She was the bookworm never wanted to go outside, wanted to like read books and watch movies. And mom was always like, go outside. But she never felt like good in her body. She then was overweight Mm -hmm. through most of her adult life and really struggled with this. So, and she tried everything, you know, the kind of person that tries every possible exercise equipment. And every diet. And right. She (laughs) was that person that wasn't for any lack of trying. She tried lots of different things. So here she was. And one day she said she was on the treadmill at the gym and she would like power walk. And for reasons she doesn't really understand, one day on the treadmill, she said, let me just try turning it up because she's always saw all these people around her running. But she thought, I don't think I could do that. So she literally turned it up and started jogging and was like, huh. You know, this isn't so bad. And then she did a little bit more. So she started off doing like half a mile and then she went to a mile. And then she was like, I kind of, I kind of like this. So what I thought was really cool though about this reinvention is that she started talking to people who were runners to get advice. And and she lives near where I do in a, in a neighborhood where there's tons of runners. People run all the time. And so she decided she was going to run in this annual Labor Day road race. We have a 5K. And she told everybody she knew so she wouldn't talk herself out of it. And that's how it got started, that she ran in this 5K and then started running in other 5Ks. And then she started running in half marathons. You know, she kind of went up from there. So she started running at 55. She's now 71. And the part I love the best, Nina, she told me that she's in the best shape of her life ever at 71. That's incredible. Right? And how good must that feel for her, you know? She's so strong. And I I got inspired by her because she would always post these photos on Facebook at 
at all these different marathons or these races, holding up all these ribbons, like in her age range. And I was like, Mary, would you be interested in being interviewed on the podcast? Because this seems to me like a really big reinvention. And I love the things that she learned about herself through Mm. doing this. Not to mention she's run in marathons around the world and basically every continent. And I just think that that is so fascinating. It's so empowering. And for us, for anyone to say at 71, I'm in the best shape of my life ever. When I think often we think as we age, we, you know, we have less muscle mass, we're less strong. Although there are people that are strong if you put in the work to be strong. It's not that you can't be strong, but you have to make the effort to be strong right. as, as evidenced by her. And I think because she's so interested in, in being healthy, she, she takes immaculate care of her body to yeah. be able to maintain that. I love that story. That's a great story. Isn't it? Yes. So, there's so many possibilities. There are, and of course, people can listen to many of the other stories about these amazing women, but endless stories about, about mm. things that women have done to reinvent themselves. And, and in fact, uh, I'll just mention this one, one more. There's someone I interviewed who got her GED at 43. Wow. Yeah. It's like, you don't ever have to put a dream to bed. I mean, it's always available to you, no matter what it is, no matter whether it's having a child, like there are ways you can do that through adoption or fostering or, you know, whatever there's, there's just limitless opportunities to step into every, everything you want in your life. Exactly. So good. Yeah. Okay. So everybody should check out your podcast so they can hear all these stories firsthand and hear more amazing stories. It's reinvention rebels. And that's on, I assume on Spotify, iTunes, all the places, right? Everywhere, you know it everywhere. And then what are your social media handles and websites? Everybody can have that as well. You can find me. Um, my website is reinventionrebels.com. I'm also on Instagram at Reinvention Rebels. Same thing on Facebook. I have a Facebook page that's Reinvention Rebels. And you can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. On Twitter, it's Rebels Reinvent. Great. And I'll have links for all those in the show notes so everybody can find you really easily. So a couple final questions to wrap things up. What books are you reading or audiobooks or podcasts? Any Anything in that category? What do you got going on? There's so many different books that I, I, I just love to read. And unfortunately, I don't have as much time as I'd like to because I'm busy podcasting. But one book I just read and I loved was Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, the the comedian and and host of The Daily Show. He is, it's just a great, it's a great memoir about his life growing up in South Africa that is fascinating. It's funny. It's touching. It's Mm. eye-opening. I loved this book. And it actually came out several years ago. I don't know why it took me so long to get around to reading it, but I, I just, I just love that. I love, I love reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, Mm. which is just full of fierceness and so powerful. Yeah. But vulnerable too. I like that part about it, that it was like, she's so humble about realizing ways that she wants to change and being open to that, you know, acknowledging that. Exactly. Exactly. So I also, I can't remember now without looking at it because it's on my, it's on my um, living room table, coffee table, but I read this book that was so fascinating. That was about women who were in World War II. This, there was this cadre of black women in World War II that were, uh, they were allowed to be in the war and their job was to get mail to the troops. The mail had been like held up. And anyway, it's this fascinating story again. And this, this particular book was historical fiction, but it's basically, I can't remember what it's called. I wish I could remember. 
I'll but, we'll find it and put it yeah, in the show notes. Exactly. Yeah. But it's fascinating. And and it's just interesting because it's that, you know, in the 40s. So it's all about segregation and you know, all these things that these women overcame. And it's it's fabulous. I love books about World War II as well. So I want to check that out. Yeah. What about music? What's on your playlist these days? I will tell you that one of my playlists that's on repeat is this artist that I am so enamored with. I I am a big jazz fan. I love jazz. One of the things on my bucket list is to go to Paris to see this musician who is a drummer. He's this French drummer and his name is Manu Kache, which is, I think it's K-A-T-C-H-E, Manu, M-A-N-U. I just, I, I, I found him through this other jazz artist. I love Pat Metheny just on, you know, like a, you know, a Pandora kind of thing channel. And you know, when you find someone and you just, their music just speaks to you and you just like, it speaks to your soul. That's how his music is for me. And it's not the kind of artist that most people would ever have ever heard of or would know. I'd never heard of him before, but I just love his music. So I have all of these, like, you know, on, I have all these different Apple playlists with his music. To check it out. I love jazz. So I love hearing about someone new. That's cool. Thank you so much for being on the show, Wendy. I love this topic. And it's uh, these stories are so inspiring and are such an invitation. Take a look inside. What do you want to do? What's possible? You know, start thinking about it. Like you don't have to do anything today, but start thinking about it. What do you want? What do you want your life to look like? I love how you said an invitation, Nina. That is such a beautiful way to sum up this idea. It's an invitation for self-exploration and potential growth. And I have to say, I'm so honored to have joined you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest. This was so much fun. I loved it. And I just love that we have this connection. Yes. You're amazing. I've loved getting to know you and the conversation has been great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And I can't wait to invite you onto my podcast. I'm in. (laughs) Can't wait. Thanks for joining today's episode of See the Upside podcast. For more details about today's guest and show notes and links, visit our website at seetheupside.com. You can find us on Instagram at c.theupside and Facebook at seetheupside. If you loved today's show, please spread the light by giving us a rating or sharing it with a friend. We appreciate you so much and love sharing the positivity with anyone who could be inspired by it. We're all on a beautiful journey and it's so much more fun doing it together and sharing our stories with each other along the way. Can't wait till next time.